Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's here. And you know, Casey, it was so predictable that the Republicans would once again let the taxpayers of the state of Indiana down when it comes to public education. Of course, I'm talking about that partisan school board bill that simply would have made mm-hmm. school board elections like every other election in the state of Indiana. Mm-hmm. It died a miserable death yesterday. And well, that's education. And when we talk education, we go to the drivehubler.com hotline to talk with our good friend Tony Kennett, host of the Tony Kennett Show. You can hear it Saturdays, 1 to 3 on WIBC. Tony, this was totally predictable that the Republicans would cave to the angry, red-shirted teachers. I just didn't think it would be so fast. What say you? I mean, this is pretty much expected of the Indiana Senate at this point. Uh, I have seen fewer Indiana senators who actually know what's going on in their districts uh, than probably any other state legislature in the country. It's really quite sad. The Indiana House at least sometimes seems to have its act together, at least in passing HB 1608, limiting sexual uh, content and and, uh, education uh, settings. Uh, However, the Indiana Senate gets a few calls from some people who have no idea what they're talking about, and they decide this means that that settles the matter on the bill. They have no idea what's in the bill. They simply vote whatever party leadership says, and uh, this was one of those cases. Okay, so so the bill was by J.D. Prescott, who is a House rep. He got it out of committee. He made a whole bunch of weird changes to it that, like, oh, you'd have been able to do it via referendum, and the school board could decide it, or you could decide as a taxpayer, and then he didn't even call it to the floor for a vote. Hmm. Why would you not call a bill for a vote that you put all that effort in to get out of committee? Well, two reasons. Number one, because there's not enough votes in the House and there's definitely not enough votes in the Senate, which was what some of the concerns were in private. But as far as the House is concerned, the bill was just so watered down, so hopelessly just garbage watered down at this point. Um, Because, again, remember, it was the whole referendum situation where schools were going to have to vote even if they would want this thing. And that would turn into a whole mess. So the bill didn't even have teeth anymore. And really, the answer to your question, what really is going on here, is that no one knows what they're doing. Again, people don't know how to write just very simple pieces of legislation, and then the second there's a protest, everyone cowers in fear. So the answer you're looking for, Rob, is they don't know what they're doing. So the question is, Tony, so he proposed this bill, J.D. Prescott, and then they made a bunch of changes. So what, he just doesn't call it for a vote? It didn't meet the deadline? So will, what, they can't extend the deadline? Oh, they could. Of course they could. They, they can do whatever they want. There, there is no special super secret parliamentary procedure that governs all of their actions. Uh, they, they, they come out and they're like, well, we didn't get it out in time. And then they'll like fake a sad face. And they're like, well, we'll do better next year. And it's like, no, you, you guys, we have the super majority. And, and let me give you an example of how this works. So there are special fancy like parliamentary procedures that Republicans ignore all the time. So the other day there was someone who put forward an amendment, Delaney put forward an amendment in education committee that he put forward as a joke. What he wasn't expecting was that this school choice amendment that he added would actually be popular, and he tried to revoke his own amendment. (laughs) Now, some might say that you should be able to revoke your own amendment, uh, but Bob Boehning, the head of the Ed Committee, a Republican, looked at him and said no, and just went ahead and passed the bill with the amendment. So Republicans can really do whatever they want. There is no law in Indiana that says, if it's not by this deadline, you have to do this, that, and the other. 
But they're hiding behind that because, God forbid, they're accountable to voters during session and actually pass bills that the majority of Hoosiers want. Tony Kennett is our guest. You can hear him Saturdays, the Tony Kennett Show, 1 to 3 here on WIBC, talking about the uh, partisan school board bill, which made a whole lot of sense, which, of course, meant the Republicans didn't want anything to do with that. So is that it, Tony? Are the Republicans just that afraid of the angry red-shirted teachers? I mean, it's like we were t- we talked last week about Jim Lucas does the, this big post about so happy to meet with the teachers. And, of course, they're all wearing red, and it's the same day of a Red Fred Day. We never see... So happy to meet with the taxpayers. So happy to meet with the school choice people. So happy to meet with the voucher people. It's always just bended knee, ring finger kissing to the red-shirted teachers. Is that why this one went down in flames as well? It is one of the reasons why. Uh, again, I'm I'm enjoying watching a lot of, uh, for example, a lot of these representatives and senators on the other in the other house who I've spoken to, um, basically tell me that they're really excited, you know, to talk to conservative uh, educators and also libertarian educators, people who aren't in that red for ed movement. Uh, but then they actually don't talk to any of them, uh, so they actually have no idea, or at least they're lying through their teeth and say, "Oh yeah, I know the conservative district. They're in my state. They tell me what's going on in schools." No, they don't because. I know them and I talk to them and they've never spoken to you (laughs) because you've never talked to them. There is this weird old age nonsensical stereotype in the Indiana state house where they believe that teachers and Democrats are synonymous and they can't possibly, there can't possibly be a conservative or a libertarian or a Republican teacher. Oh my God, that couldn't, they don't exist. Despite the fact that they are about one out of every three teachers in the state of Indiana. uh, No, I guess that we're just going to pretend they don't exist. And so then the red for edge, they, they leave school, uh, they, they hop in the bus with their union, and they go to the, the Capitol so that they can yell. And uh, they, I guess the representatives and senators believe that just settles the matter. Okay, well, great. Okay, speaking of settling the matter, so versions of the, the this bill went around the state house last year. Now we have this one this year that didn't meet the deadline. Do you think that they'll try again? <laughs> Try. Uh, Try's a strong word, Casey. Try's a strong I mean, yeah. word. So you, you use the word try again. Uh, they didn't try this time. They didn't. Um, that would mean that you take... So the reason that 1608 was really hard to pick apart and it was very easy to pass is because it was pretty much impossible to water down, although they did try. It was a very simple bill. No sexual content in K-3 through three classrooms. Plus, you got to ask parents permissions for pronoun changes. That's the bill. That's how you pass a bill. Two yeah. or three pages, easy. There you go. They should have done that with this bill. School board elections, if someone wants to be partisan, they can be now. There you go. That's the bill. Even if someone comes in and yells about it, they basically just say, well, I I know you're passionate, but we're in control of the House. We think this is best for the state. That's why you elected us. There you go. uh, That would be how it works in theory. Uh, That's not how it's going to work this year, next year, any year. Tony, before I ask you this last question, I have to ask Casey this. If I call someone a loser, does that mean spirited? (laughs) It's it's we're going to allow it. Oh, you're going to allow it? Okay. Yeah. Well, J.D. Prescott is a complete and total loser, and Tony <laughs> will back me up with this. Uh, when Mock was still here, we had him on the show, and he came on the show and was talking about how hard he was working. I believe it was for, he was going to get a thing to end the emergency declaration and take away Holcomb's powers, and he was working so hard, and he got as far on that as he did on this education mm-hmm. bill that he authored. So he's a total zero on just about everything, and if you vote for that dude, you should be totally ashamed of yourself, because his constituents 
students are in our listening area. Tony, what what a coward you have to be to get it's your bill. You get it out of committee, and because you're worried it might fail, you don't even bring it up for a vote. Why don't you make everybody put their cards on the table? Do you want radical lunatics controlling suburban school boards like we have in Brownsburg, like we have in Avon, like we have in Zionsville? Why wouldn't you just put it up for a vote? I really like Representative Goodrich from Richmond, and here's the reason why. Because when Goodrich is arguing about a bill on the House floor or in committee, he will look right at Delaney, he'll look right at Smith, he'll look right at a protester and say, you're stupid, my (laughs) amendment is good. Or, you're stupid, your amendment is trash. And then he'll pass the bill as a beautiful middle finger to whomever is arguing against him. We don't seem to have a lot of that in the House. And I, I personally wish that Prescott would, you know, decide to wake up, read a policy book, and maybe write a bill that can be passed. And if, if I guess if it's there's nothing there, there's no energy, no excitement or whatever, maybe he should either A, write a better bill, or B, do a better job of marketing it. Do you think that this is a situation where he's writing these bills, knowing that they won't pass, just so he can say, I tried, I wrote the bill? No, I think it's a situation of a lot of lackluster, mediocre representatives when it's about time that we have a new class, a new cadre of representatives in the state house who actually write better bills instead of giving me lukewarm tap water. That's a great way to end it. I couldn't have said it any better myself. Tony Kennett hosts the Tony Kennett Show Saturdays 1 to 3 here on WIBC. Thank you, my friend. Thanks, guys. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Nineteen minutes after 11, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Trending this hour, the NFL Scouting Combine. It started yesterday, goes until March 6th. Takes place at Lucas Oil Stadium, the 36th time that it is in Indianapolis. And I just read an article from WIBC uh-huh. that uh, Indianapolis is trying to get it again past 2024. So starting tomorrow, the media interviews begin with the linebackers and the defensive backs. Yes, yeah, so the NFL Combine is the precursor to what I maintain is the single most entertaining uh, sporting event of the year, the which draft? is, yes, round one of the NFL draft coming up here about uh, two months from now. It'll be mm-hmm. taking place. I can't remember where it's at. Is it at Kansas City this year? I think it is. It was it, where Kansas it's at. City, Missouri. Yes. And um, this is awesome. I mean, you, do you get a chance? The National Football League is arguably the most powerful uh, sporting league in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you look at money and its impact on American society, and these are the future of the National Football League, and it's awesome Indianapolis has that. Also trending is Elon Musk, he has reclaimed the title of the richest person in the world. This is according to Bloomberg. His net worth is now at $187.1 billion. And that is uh, as of tomorrow when the, or yesterday, tomorrow. That's from yesterday yeah. when the markets closed. Seems like it changes a lot. It didn't used to seem like it changed nearly as much as it changes now. Like there have been a whole bunch of different people. Maybe I'm just imagining this, mm-hmm. but like four or five different people who have circled around on the world's richest person and it seemed like and again 
maybe I'm just misremembering, but that used to be a more stable thing mm-hmm. where, like, was it Bill Gates for a while, for a long time? Bill Gates is the world's richest person. Right, and it remained there for a long yeah. time. Does it really mean, you know, anything now if it's changing day by day? Well, I guess when you follow the market as it goes up and down day by day, it does change when you're someone like Elon Musk. Here's an interesting thing, though, and our just these esteemed leaders down the street from us at 200 West Washington mm-hmm. uh, could learn a thing or two. Um, most of the world's richest people are not taxed as the world's richest people. You know why, Casey? Why? Because much of their value uh, that makes them the world's richest or second richest or whatever person is in stock. Mm-hmm. And you know what stock is? It's an uncapitalized asset, mm. which means they don't actually have the money. Mm-hmm. They have a piece of paper that says they have the money. As they said in Dumb and Dumber, that's as good as money, sir. Those are IOUs. Mm-hmm. But there's no actual money in the coffers. And so, as such, they're not taxed as the world's richest person. But wait a minute. An uncapitalized asset? Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Isn't that the same as your house? Yeah, boy, that sure is, Casey. Wow. But, you know, here we don't we don't punish people for uncapitalized. Oh, wait, you do get taxed every year for something you haven't monetized. And you, because I also know, like, when Bill Gates sells some stock, Mm -hmm. Elon Musk has to pay higher taxes, right? (laughs) No. No? No. Well, that's weird because that's how they do property taxes Mm -hmm. here. And it's also weird because Indiana claims we're a Republican state and the party platform of the Republican Party is low taxes. So, if they're not even doing this to the world's richest people, mm-hmm. why are Republicans in Indiana doing punishing yeah, the, you know, the poor, the elderly, the middle class, the fixed income people? If the world's richest people don't even have to do it, why are Republicans just robbing people blind in Indiana on it? Also trending is Pete Buttigieg. Didn't think I was going to go there with that, did no, you? No, I did not. I had no idea that, that Elon Musk was going <laughs> to turn into property taxes. Uh-huh. I like how you you can you can thread that. It's a very almost fertile, any topic, really. It's a very fertile mind, Casey. Yeah. Uh, also trending is Pete Buttigieg. He said dealing with climate change is one of the biggest things that he'll be remembered for. I meant climate is not nonsense. Dealing with climate change is one of the biggest things that people like me and people like him will be remembered for after we're gone. Mm. I I don't know about your math there, Mr. Buttigieg. Imagine the arrogance <laughs> to think that that you as a human have control over God's earth, hmm. right? Like, I mean, they have spun this to where people believe this. It's like a religion to people. Keep in mind, the first Earth Day mm-hmm. was for global cooling. Global cooling, Casey wasn't that long ago. Mm-hmm. They just make it up as they go along. They're shapeshifters. It can be whatever they need it to be. They can change definitions. They can change meanings. These people are awful, and yet they're, they have manipulated and conned and snowed and hoodwinked and whatever word you want to use a large group of society into believing that a single man, an individual, can have a profound impact on God's earth, and yet these same people who tell you that a single individual can in your life, and you should be in electric cars or whatever, blah, 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 are flying all over the world in these private jets, corporate flights, Al Gore's got nine bajillion lights in his house, and nobody ever holds them accountable. They just go, 
I guess that's the way it is. Yeah. It's 24 minutes after 11. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So how many donut shops do you think there are throughout the United States of America? Donut shops. That's mm-hmm. like a, a place that just sells primarily donuts. Primarily donuts. Like a McDonald's might have a donut in it. That doesn't count. Yeah, no, we're talking oh, donut shops. Oh, let's see. There's 50 states. There's, uh, let's see. I will say that there, if there were an average of 500 donut shops per state, what is what is 50 times 500? Is that 25,000? 25,000. 20, you're, you're close. You're a little high. It's actually 13,000. Oh, well, that's not close at all. Oh, Casey, you don't have to give me credit for that. That was terrible. That was almost double the amount. 13,000 donut shops throughout the country. I don't need you to hug me and tell me I did a good job when I failed epically. That was you nowhere close. You failed miserably. Thank you. That That's was better. awful, yes, Rob thank Kendall. you. What were you thinking? Yeah, thank you. Very good. Well, 24-7 Tempo has reviewed a dozen different rankings of the best donut shops in every state, and they came up with a list, and they have determined where the best donut shop oh. in the Hoosier State is, oh. and it's in Indianapolis. Oh, great. You got a guess? Um, you, well, you missed out on how many there were. Well, Who I... Who has the best donuts? I, because I'm a regular reader of the side piece with Casey Daniels at WIBC.com. Clearly, I didn't read it closely enough. But I, <laughs> you know the answer. I know the answer, so uh, I don't want to spoil it for everyone. It's your piece. I'll allow you to do that. What is the best donut shop in Indiana? According to 24-7 Tempo, it is Long's Bakery. Oh, yes. And the world, fa- or world famous, locally famous, state mm-hmm. famous, Indianapolis famous, whatever. Mm-hmm. They've got a four and a half out of five star Yelp review. Two locations. Their specialty is the blueberry cake. Oh. And a lot of people had some comments to say about this uh-huh. on the old Facebook. Uh-huh. Like, clearly, you haven't been to Rise and Roll. Oh, yeah. Which is a northern Indiana donut mm-hmm. shop. Uh, somebody else now, they're said, the Amish people, right? Yes. Allison. Remember, Allison mm-hmm. brought us donuts from there one day. Yeah, crack donuts. Mm-hmm. That's what they're nicknamed. Yeah. Uh, somebody else commented and said, Longs, easily Longs. Uh, Tim's, Titus, and the Sweet Shop in Greenfield are loads better than Longs. Uh-huh. Sunrise in Fortville. Have you ever heard of them? Uh, I've never been to, uh, I don't know. Have I ever been to Fortville? I think I've been through Fortville. I've never, I don't think I've been to Fortville for like a destination event type of thing. Okay. Somebody said Panna Donuts oh. takes the crown on the south side. Tim's Donuts in McCordsville is better. Uh, somebody commented they were disappointed in Jack's Donuts. <laughs> and the best in Indy is Panna. I'm disappointed in your donuts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Jack's Donuts in Newcastle. Uh-huh. Love Longs. I would walk on my knees in a hailstorm for five miles for a Longs. All right, Casey. I yeah. think we can agree we're both somewhat fond of Ron DeSantis. Mm-hmm. And when we come back, I may be questioning that choice because of someone who has given a full-throated endorsement to him. Mm. Okay, we're going to get into that coming up from 93 WIBC. Good morning, 1133. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Let's talk about Jeb Bush. He's no stranger to presidential politics. Of course, he was seen as the early front runner in 2016 before he dropped out of the race. And guess who he's endorsing now? Yeah, this really gives me some pause because, you know, and I think I'm lumping in you you in here with me, Casey, that we are fond of Ron DeSantis mm-hmm. and we think he might be a very good option for the Republicans going forward. But mm-hmm. with this audio we're about to play for you, it is Jeb <laughs> Bush. And if Jeb Bush is for you, I, I don't know. I'm, my default is to be against you. Let's, why don't we listen and then we'll we'll go from there. Okay. It's pretty remarkable. And he hasn't declared yet. 
many in the Republican Party hope he soon will. Is this Ron DeSantis' opportunity to run for higher office? I think it is. He's been a really effective governor. He's young. I think we're on the verge of a generational change in our politics. I kind of hope so. I think it's time for a more forward-leaning, future-oriented uh, conversation in our politics as well. Which has made him, should he choose to run for president, a serious contender in Republican politics. And who better to do it than uh, someone who's been outside of Washington, who's governed effectively, who I think has shown that Florida could be a model for the future of our country. Okay, Casey, here's where I'm at with this. And I'm going to need you, because you're the voice of reason, to help me. Number one, I agree Mm -hmm. with everything that Jeb Bush said there. Okay. So, basically, the only reason I'm hesitant about this is my deep-seated loathing for the Bush family and what Mm -hmm. they've done to this country. Mm -hmm. So, should I allow someone I don't like's opinion of someone I do like to impact my opinion of the person I do like? No, I think you should let it go. I don't think you should let Jeb taint your decision. But there's a reason Jeb Bush likes him. If the Bushes are for you, it's not good for anybody but the Bushes. Mm -hmm. And that really worries me Mm -hmm. that if the Bushes like you, that if DeSantis gets in there... Mm -hmm. They think he's going to be somebody that's going to play ball with things the Bushes like, which are ill-begotten wars, massive massive government spending, mass illegal immigration, huge deficits. it really worries me. Is there is there a young Bush who's coming down the pipeline? No, no. They beat uh, they beat the last one there in Texas, George right. P. Bush. Right? So I don't think you have anything to worry about. The dynasty's over. No, nah, but he, the Bush- he's just giving his opinion. No, nah, no, 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 no. Casey, the Bushes, they're vampires, man. <laughs> they're going to stick your, get those fangs in you somehow. And mm-hmm. I, I am... Uh, I'm very torn on this because, Mm -hmm. like I said, the the things he's saying, I'm saying, yes, these are things I believe, but I just know the track record of the Bushes, the Mm -hmm. Bush family, Mm -hmm. so I don't know. What do we say about endorsements? Yeah. Is that really going to sway you to vote a certain way? If Uh, somebody somebody that you do like and uh trust and you respect their opinion, they say, I'm endorsing this person, does that really matter to you? Like you, you're a man of your own mind. You have Uh your own convictions. It doesn't matter what somebody else says, right? Casey. So you have to look at it like this. It goes both ways, whether you like them, trust them, want their opinion, or Mm -hmm. if it's somebody you don't like, Mm -hmm. doesn't matter. Casey, someone who I have sparred with many times publicly years ago who does not like me, and I won't name them because I've picked enough fights with this person over the years, and I'll pick many more with them before it's done, once described me like this. This is after I had won another resounding victory against all odds, and Mm -hmm. this person said, you know the problem with you, Rob? (laughs) <laughs> is that if I put two $10 bills on the table and I said, you'll get 10 and I'll get 10, you wouldn't take the 10 because you don't want me to have the 10, <laughs> even though the 10 would benefit you. Mm-hmm. And the older I get, the more I think, maybe he's right. <laughs> I think you need to let it go. Now, Trump had some things to say about DeSantis. He said, DeSantis, he posted this on his Truth Social, DeSantis has never been American first. He's faking it, trying to build his conservative credentials until he's elected president. <laughs> he's faking it. He's faking it. And then he, and then Trump said, Jeb Bush, Karl Rove, Paul Ryan, they're all hiding in the background pushing him. Governor, it's as far as he goes. I, so, correct me if I'm wrong. Did Ron DeSantis not serve his country? Did he was he was in the mil, the military? He was in the right? Navy. Yeah. Was it? Didn't he? Ser- was it Afghanistan? Am mm-hmm. I imagining that that he was in Afghanistan? I don't know. He was in the military though. Mm-hmm. And any person who's willing to go fight and die for their country. Mm-hmm. 
uh, I'm not sure you can fake. I mean, we've said this about Pete Buttigieg, right? Mm-hmm. All the goofy, unqualified bullcrap that and harm that Pete Buttigieg has caused this country because he's brutally unqualified. We've never disputed and said, hey, he deserves credit for being willing to go fight and die for his country. I don't think any person who has worn the uniform, you could say, is not America first. Yeah, he's not Especially when it. you didn't wear the uniform and went to great lengths to not wear the uniform. Some reasons why DeSantis might be different. He's starting from a stronger position. He owns the news cycle. Whenever he does anything, it's above the fold. Uh He's in tune with the GOP base. He's got a track record of winning. He's still actively governing, which I keep saying, Mm -hmm. but with a majority, he can win policy and then he can brag about it. Oh, and he's getting endorsements from people like Jeb Bush Uh when he hasn't even announced he's running yet. Mm -hmm. People are endorsing him. Uh, he's still got $90 million in the bank for whatever he wants to do with that. Well, okay, Casey. Here, so I'm going to have to think about this because I, I, mean, I think Ron DeSantis would be good for the country, but I really don't want Jeb Bush getting the $10. <laughs> you don't want Jeb Bush to be right. Okay, let's talk about Jill Biden. She was asked recently if there was any chance her husband, Joe, uh-huh. would not run for oh. re-election. And she said, mm, not in my book. I'm all for it, of course. But has the decision been made amongst the family that he's going to run? Well, it's Joe's really, it's Joe's decision. And we support whatever he wants to do. If he's in, we're there. If he wants to do something else, we're there too. Is there any chance at this point that he's not going to run? Uh, not in my book. Mm. You're all for it. I'm all for it, of course. She went on to say that uh, his trip over to Ukraine and domestic issues have kept him busy in recent days, and that's why he hasn't planned to make an announcement. Sure, he's very busy. Mm-hmm. He's very busy in the Ukraine. Mm-hmm. The Ukraine is preventing the president of this country from talking about what he plans to do for this country. For this country. And do you remember earlier in the show we were talking about that Fox News poll where it said that Trump was leading DeSantis. Trump was at 43. DeSantis was at 28. On the Democrat side, 53% of voters want another option on the ticket. And 37% are okay with retaining Biden. However... of Democrats approve of Biden as president, but they're still looking for another option. So what does that say about you? 84%. Yeah, yeah. We like the guy, but you know what? We'd really like another option to consider. Well, I think that's the majority of Americans, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I just uh, it if is. If he was doing such a bang up job, right. though. Well, I just I just think people look at this country, and I think a rational, intellectually honest broker will tell you, in a country of 330 million people, Joe Biden is not the best among us. Joe Biden is not the best that we can do, and we deserve better, but. Maybe there's a lot of people who are so wed to that partisan, that letter, that ideology that mm-hmm. they're willing to forego that and have another four years of this. It is 1142. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And before we get to break, let's talk about Mark Wahlberg. We've been seeing his face a lot lately. Of course, Christians across the world celebrating the season of Lent. And he's been putting a spotlight on the importance of faith and the groundbreaking impact that his devotion has had on his personal and professional life. 
Yeah, this is really great that when anytime people are willing to speak out about their faith and about how it's impacted them and about how they their life has been changed for the better, because mm -hmm. often, especially in Hollywood, we the, the people are shamed out of speaking out on that. And we need more people that are willing to boldly and openly profess their faith, profess their love for Jesus Christ, profess the, the positive impact that that has had in, in their life because our country needs God now, Casey. And I think one of the things that is happening in this country is so many people have turned away from God that we are seeing the the dramatically negative ramifications mm -hmm. of doing that. And I think it's anytime somebody in a position of power or a position of influence is willing to speak openly about it, I think that's great. I saw a video last night. It was somebody who was walking around Target and they had a $10 Target gift card and they went up to, I'm not kidding you, a dozen people and said, hey, I have this $10 dollar target gift card and it's yours all you have to do is name one verse from the bible person after person after person they really wanted that gift card but could not come up with one verse from the bible finally at the very end of the video of course it was at the very end to make you watch the entire thing but somebody came up with um one of the ten commandments and they were like is that a verse from the bible and the guy was like yeah it is and Finally, and by the way, that's from Exodus, but f finally somebody was able to come up with somebody. But Mark Wahlberg saying he doesn't want to jam his Catholic faith down anybody's throat, but he won't deny it, even though it's not popular in his industry. Have you always talked about it or did you feel I at have. some point like, okay, I have a platform here and I just want to share this part of my journey? I have. You know, it's, it's a balance. I don't want to jam it down anybody's throat, yeah. but I do not deny my faith. That's, that's an even bigger sin. You know, it's not popular in my uh, industry, but, you know, I cannot deny my faith. Mm -hmm. It's important for me to share that with people, but I have friends from all walks of life and, and all different types of faiths and religions. So, you know, it's important to respect and honor them as well. Yeah. What does it mean to you, your faith? Oh, it's everything. It really has. It's it's afforded me so many things. Obviously, you know, God didn't come to save the saints. He came to save the sinners. We've all had things and issues in our lives, and we want to be better versions of ourselves. And through focusing my faith, it's allowed me to do that. And I know people, a lot of people have been challenged with COVID and everything else. I mean, I was away from people and church and community and connection for a long time. But, you know, with people were wearing masks and they want to, you know, stay away from each other, we want to bring people together. So he was also on Fox News and they asked him when was the moment that God called him and he said that there's been many things but becoming a parent and becoming a husband certainly. And also just a reminder as Holcomb shut the churches down on Easter in uh, 2020 just a reminder that the Republicans with their super majorities in the House or Senate have done absolutely nothing that would prevent him from doing that again. It's 11:45 you're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It is 11.49. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And some of the contaminated soil and water from the train derailment in Ohio being shipped to Indiana. 
could be sent to other states as well. And Governor Holcomb had something to say about that. He issued a statement regarding it. He said, after learning third hand that materials may be transported to our state yesterday, I directed my environmental director to reach out to the agency. The materials should go to the nearest facilities, not move from the far eastern side of Ohio to the far western side of Indiana. I've made a request to speak to the administration to discuss this further. I want to know exactly what precautions will be taken in the transport and uh, disposition of the materials. So they believe they were planning on putting it in Rochdale, which is Putnam County. Mm -hmm. And um, people have kind of been up in arms over that. Now, I, I will say the place they're putting it is a place that does stuff like this already so mm-hmm. Roach, Roachdale not all that far away from me and there in Hendricks County but uh, some people have been very concerned about this I said well then you need to get that that place out of there altogether because that's what they do there this is just a high profile version of this now again obviously anytime this stuff people become aware I guess these things are happening they get upset about it uh, here's the thing Holcomb is the king of executive orders and is the king of being a real tough guy when it comes to wearing a mask or opening up your barber shop? Why doesn't he just take that king tough guy, king executive order approach that he took to the stylists and the you know mom and pop stores and uh, every everybody else in the state during 2020 and just refuse to allow that to happen here? He's very not he's not afraid to pull out that executive order pen. So uh, maybe he doesn't have that authority to tell the Environmental Protection oh. Agency. Okay, see, he didn't know. Now Holcomb's very concerned about who he has the authority to tell people what to do. I mean, he didn't have the authority, clearly, based on our own attorney general at the time, to try to put you in jail for not wearing a mask. Mm -hmm. I mean, that didn't stop him. Now Holcomb's very concerned about whether he has the authority to do something. He wants to make sure that they're using all of the precautions necessary, as as he should, Uh as the governor of the state. But like you mentioned, they're, they're transporting these materials, contaminated materials, to a place that that's what they do. They dispose of contaminated, toxic material. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, but- wouldn't that be a good No, 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 Casey, you read out loud what he's feeling. He's very concerned, and I share in his concern, and I am calling on the governor Mm -hmm. right now on these very powerful airwaves from Ohio to Illinois and all points in between to use the same executive authority, executive power that he used to shut down the stylists and the barbershops and the churches and tried to put you in jail for not wearing a mask. I'm calling on Governor Holcomb to stand for Hoosier's health the same way he stood for shutting down the local businesses in 2020. Okay. Let's go, tough guy. Okay, well, he is saying, I continue to object. He's objecting. Oh, He's a strong objection. Sure. He's objecting objecting to the EPA administrations uh, to move the hazardous waste from the train derailment to Indiana. And he said, further, there has been a lack of communication with me and other Indiana mm. officials about this decision. And that's so weird because he's Biden's buddy. Isn't he on one of those cabinets or something with Biden? Council of Governors. Oh, he's one of right. 10 in yes. the country. That is not much of a friend. Biden not being much of a friend to his good friend, Eric uh, Eric Holcomb there, not letting him know in advance. Now, Casey, mm-hmm. do we have any faith at all that Eric Holcomb will use the same 
anger and vile and executive power to that he did to strong arm churches being shut down mm-hmm. uh, in 2020. Is he going to use the same, you know, the gyms? Remember, he closed all the gyms. Now, remember, the one thing he did not close was the liquor stores. Right. And that's probably has nothing to do with the fact that Kyle Hupfer, his good, close personal friend, who is also the Republican Party chair, I think he was also treasurer for one of his campaigns, is part owner in 30 plus liquor stores. I think that's grown. I think Kyle's got more liquor stores now, but I'm mean, sure. That, that liquor store stayed open, but I'm the same tough guy approach to shut down the gyms and the mm-hmm. churches and the barber shops and the styling salons. Do we have any faith Eric Holcomb will use that same vigor and zest and zeal to make sure we are not contaminated with the waste? I think it really depends on what office he plans on running for oh, in the future. Oh, <laughs> I see. I see. He, uh, he wouldn't want to upset his friends in Washington, D.C. Uh, uh, people in, are, are getting shipments in Michigan as well. And uh, their state representatives are saying, stop these shipments. Do not bring these shipments to Michigan. So nobody wants it. Uh-huh. No, I mean, can you blame it? Nobody wants the stuff. Yeah, and I, and like, I, look, I, I think this is what this place does. This is just in Rochdale. The, 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 it's what they do every day is these sorts of things. This is just high profile. But again... I didn't issue the press release. The governor did. And I'm just going off of his track record, Casey. Mm -hmm. And he has laid the groundwork that he doesn't have to ask anybody's permission. He doesn't need any votes. He can just take his little pin up. Maybe he can get Dr. Box gynecologist to have a big press conference with him. Remember (laughs) Dr. Box gynecologist? She's the one who finger wagged on Say Why TV about wearing a mask. And then like a week before she had been at her son's wedding with lots of people not wearing a mask. And then got angry at me for posting the photo of her not wearing the mask. You remember her. Maybe they can all get together. (laughs) Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Kevin. Good job. And thank you for listening today. We're going to count on you to be back here tomorrow. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.